it really came to a head on our second anniversary. We were going to have a little getaway, a weekend getaway trip. And I'm paying some bills and going through some stuff a couple nights before. And I came to the realization that we have totally lost control. Our money is managing us. We are not managing our money. And so we, we canceled the trip and we spent our second anniversary figuring out how we were wow. going to get healthy, healthy financially. Now, I would not recommend that. <laughs> I'm sometimes I'm surprised that my wife put up with that. Uh, that approach for our second anniversary, but we changed everything. We flipped the switch and started to implement some things that, that really helped us. Well, hey, friends, welcome to another exciting edition of The Link. My name is Chris Brooks, and I'm so glad we're here with you. Today, we have a pretty big goal. We want to help you to rediscover financial peace and to experience enough financial freedom so that you can live a generous life. Now, that's a big goal that a lot of folks don't have. Let's be honest. We live in a me-centered culture, a culture that's prioritized preferences to the level of needs. How do we get to a place where we live boldly different. The Bible's called us to be a countercultural type of person. Today we want to talk about that. While we help you to grow in your financial wisdom, we also have the motivation of helping you to live a generous life because you serve a generous God. I'm joined today by a couple of really good friends, Matt Mancinelli, who's new to the staff here at Woodside. Uh, Matt helps to oversee stewardship for us and uh, has a huge passion for generosity. Matt, how are you? I'm doing great. So glad to be here. It's great to have you here and uh, love your family. I love your story. Can't wait to hear it. And then Ben Kelly, uh, many of you know Ben. If you've been at Detroit campus, he and his family have been longtime members here. Ben is the most passionate <laughs> upwards coach that I've ever seen. You coach those little ones like you're in the big dance, the and NCAA tournament. I thought that's what it was. No, I missed the memo. Man, no? it's okay. not. It's yeah. not. But I love it. I love your passion. I love your heart for the word and your service to Woodside. How you doing, brother? Doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me. You know, one of the things that we had as a conversation when you were on last was about the, the next generation, these millennials and Gen Z. So I know we're going to talk about them as well and how to help them to live generous lives. Yeah. But Matt, I'll start with you. If you had to give a definition to generosity, what is it? Yeah, I think generosity, that's a good question. If we've got a spectrum of like, I'm all about caring about me, I think generosity is the far other end of that. So it could be financial, but we can certainly be generous with our time or finances or, uh, you know, forgiveness, any of those kinds of things. But I, I perceive as like it's the it's the opposite of selfishness. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought up that uh, spectrum of ways we can be generous because I was thinking about the turning points in biblical history, redemptive history, and how generosity has played like a huge role. Like, for example, in Acts 13, what if the church at Antioch wasn't generous in sending missionaries? Or in Genesis 19, what if Abraham wasn't generous in his thanksgiving to the Lord by giving tithes of all and entering into covenant with God? But we know that the greatest act of generosity is the cross of Calvary. And Jesus there lays out his life. God is literally generous with his forgiveness and grace. So, yeah, I think about a generous life is certainly financial. Can't leave that out where your money is, your heart is. But it's so much more than that. What about you, Ben? When you think about generosity, what do you think of? Yeah, I love Matt that you mentioned kind of a spectrum. And I was thinking if, if selfishness is on one side and selflessness is on the other side, generosity is kind of like taking action against that selfless side. It's actually putting 
time and talent and resource against being selfless. You can say you're selfless and you can want to be selfless. Generosity is taking action and actually doing something that costs you financially or from a time standpoint to serve somebody else. You know, when you think about it biblically, Matt, anything uh, that you would add to that, just thinking from a biblical perspective? No, I mean, I think your point of the cross being the ultimate, I mean, God so loved the world that he gave, right? It's the first verse we learn and it is the verse that's loaded uh, with generosity. So here's a question. I'll start with Ben and come to you, Matt. And that is, why is it so hard then? If uh, generosity is this wonderful, selfless way of living, why is it so hard for us? I think when it's hard to be generous, it really boils down to we've got role reversal or we're struggling with our role. Ultimately, God is the giver. God is the giver that everything that we have and um, what we do with it is, is just our act of stewardship. Yeah. And so any, any lack of generosity probably comes out of feeling ownership and feeling like we have control, but it's really just the perception of control. The breath that we have, the resources, the time that we have on this earth is all a gift from God. And so we're just outflowing what he's given us in a way that hopefully is honoring to him. Yeah, you know, I think about growing up as an 80s kid, right? And what did I learn as an 80s kid? Well, that movie Wall Street was out, and you remember yeah. the f famous line from Wall Street, greed is good. And it was like the me-centered time of our country, and everything was about he who has the most toys wins, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I do think the culture we live in is one of the big barriers because it keeps sending us these messages that it should be all about me, which is the antithesis of the Bible. So for me, Matt, it's uh, in part, yeah, my flesh, I'm fallen. I do have a skewed perspective, like Ben says, but also the culture keeps reinforcing these bad messages. That's right. Yeah, the culture is definitely telling us that stuff will make us happy. Uh, I like to say you've never met, I've never met an unhappy, generous person. Yeah, that's right? true. Or a former giver. I mean, once we start giving, and experiencing the joy of that, the reality is, I mean, it's more fun. If I'm, if I'm having a bad day, uh, I'm thinking I can go give some money away or give something away is gonna be more fun than going to buy something for myself. But we don't live, we don't start thinking that way. Yeah, and I think part of it too, the other thing I was thinking of is like this idea of being over-constrained. Like so often in life, we over-constrain ourselves. We account for every last dollar and where every last dollar is gonna go. We account for every last moment on our schedule and we've got something filling up every moment on our schedule. And when we over-constrain and everything in our life is spoken for, how are we allowing God to move? In, how are we allowing any vacancy in giving spot, God a, a spot to move? So really being disciplined about not over-constraining and creating idle time, creating extra money, creating space for God to move, and then trusting that he will and allowing him to. That may be the sweetest way I've ever heard someone talk about budgeting, right? <laughs> like, you know, really what you just talked about was margin yeah. and leaving enough margin in our lives and in our finances. So, yeah, that challenges me. Like, what do you set aside that's not earmarked, that just simply is there for God whenever you want to use it? Uh, let me leave some space there so that I might be generous. I, I love that thought. You know, I think the other part of it going into budgeting is we really do have to steward well mm -hmm. because I've met a lot of people, a ton of people whose desire to be generous is greater than their ability to be generous. And it's not an income thing. It really has been because of maybe choices made along the way to get deeper in debt 
or to uh, you know make a purchase that puts you in a bad situation. And so a big part of this, if you want to live a generous life, uh, we're going to encourage you. We're going to tell you some resources that can help you to get on a pathway of just good stewardship. But I want to say this, that we do serve a God of grace. He does forgive our mistakes. And uh, I think that extends to our finances as well. Mm -hmm. uh, God is a God of financial grace, and I've certainly seen that. I could tell a whole story about a timeshare, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> Matt, you, you yeah. kind of talk about this, uh, this life of generosity. Yeah. And uh, that's such a sweet part of you and Loretta's story. Mm -hmm. Can you just share uh, kind of when the light came on for you and what that life has looked like? Yeah, sure. The light came on for me reading a little book called The Treasure Principle. And uh, it's just some biblical truths. I'm not even sure that the book is necessarily that profound. But for me, there was a switch that just said, uh, there's joy in this and there's treasure in heaven in this. And so that was the, that was the mental switch. Uh, but then as I started practicing that, I had a 1964 Volkswagen microbus. Okay. It was super cool. <laughs> Drove it 8,000 miles across the country one summer. Uh, but Jesus' words that do not store up treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy were literally true. It's like it was going to get rusty. It's in Michigan now. That's going to happen. And so I sold it and I gave the money away. And that was one of those first steps. And I could tell now hundreds of stories where it's like this was fun. And I loved the bus, but I loved the stuff I got to be part of with the money. And so as I tasted it, it just got more and more fun all the time. Yeah, you know, my wife and I, we challenge ourselves every year. Like, what do we want to do that we've never done before? Because it's easy to kind of live safe. But it didn't start out with uh, us being at a place where we could do it in a big way. For me, the light came on being in college. Here I am at the Michigan State University, and um, I'm broke. I'm a broke college kid. I'm like barely able to afford a small pizza broke, right? And uh, a buddy of mine, and I forget what his need was. He just had a need. And um, I remember having about $5 to give. But I heard a message. I heard a pastor preach a message on generosity. And for me, again, I don't know how profound it was, but like you, the light came on. And uh, I said, I'm going to give him this gift, but I didn't want him to know who, who it was from. So I just put in a little envelope, put it in our mailbox system. And, uh, and I remember him talking to me about, hey, somebody gave me uh, this gift and didn't even know that I needed it. And he was so blessed by it. And it was one of those most rewarding things where the words of Jesus come to life that is far better to give than to receive. Mm -hmm. And you're right, once you start giving that way, um, I, I really don't know how you go back. But, mm -hmm. you know, Ben, how has uh, this kind of fleshed itself out in you? Because I know it's a journey. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Actually, it, it was painful lessons and early in our marriage that, that kind of caused it to flesh out. I mean, we lived the really the, almost the first two years of our marriage with the intent, you know, you mentioned it earlier, sometimes people have the intent, but they don't necessarily yes. have the means to follow through. I wouldn't say we didn't have the means. I would say we didn't have the discipline. And so we set up a budget and said, we're going to give. And then if we'd spend the money before we got to church, then we just wouldn't give. And we would just say, okay, well, we'll, we'll try to do better next time. And our continued lack of discipline resulted in this downward spiral where we're overspending we're not giving. We want to be generous, but we have no financial flexibility to do so. And so it really came to a head, not to belabor the story, but it really came to a head on our second anniversary. We were going to have a little getaway, a weekend getaway trip. And I'm paying some bills and going through some stuff a couple nights before. And I came to the realization that we have totally lost control 
our money is managing us. We are not managing our money. And so we, we canceled the trip and we spent our second anniversary figuring out how we were wow. going to get healthy, healthy financially. Now, I would not recommend that. <laughs> I'm sometimes I'm surprised that my wife put up with that, uh, that approach for our second anniversary. But we changed everything. We flipped the switch and started to implement some things that, that really helped us to, number one, be disciplined. And in, in the process of being disciplined, have the opportunity to be generous. Well, how, how many years have you been married now? Uh, almost 15 years. So it worked. It, it worked. worked out. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, sometimes it is those uh, tough moments where you just uh, say, again, Lord, how did we get here? Uh, that does cause the light to come on. You know, over and again, we have to remember how important financial freedom is in order to be generous and live a generous life. And that discipline you talk about, my dad is the one who taught me how to tithe. Mm -hmm. He taught me how to give. And he used to say this to me, that tithing to your local church is the first financial discipline. Mm -hmm. Like if you get that down, other financial disciplines kind of fall in place. And so although this, this show isn't primarily about uh, tithing, it, it is uh, a good financial discipline. But when we think of generosity, it's a multi-generational thing. I hope it, it will be for my family. Now, we all, we're all dads here, right? So let's talk a little bit about your thoughts on how do you help your kids? And I'll start with you, Ben. Matt, I'd love to hear from you. Um, to live more generously? Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. I would say it's something that you definitely want to instill and demonstrate, but sometimes it's tough to figure out how to do that. <clears throat> if I had to say one thing that I, I think we've done well in the spirit of generosity, it's to instill this idea that uh, people are more important than things. Yes. And what I mean by that is we, we, we always seem to have a lot of different friends and, and neighbors and activities going on at our house. And whether it's playing with, with basketballs or, or footballs or various items or video games or whatever it is, our stuff gets used and abused and broken <laughs> and misplaced. And, and, and so it happens all the time. And sometimes the tendency is, for me even, the tendency is to be like, how did another thing get broken? Like, why do we have to replace another thing? And then I realized, like, there's a whole lot going on in our house, and people are having fun, and there's laughter. And you know what? That's a huge opportunity. And frankly, it's part of our ministry, if you will. It's part of living out our faith. And so the approach we need to take is stuff's going to get broken. But you know what? If we're, having a, if, if we're having fun doing it and building relationships and making memories, we're just going to live with that. People are more important than things. And I'll just add, I feel like just a few weeks ago, maybe for the first time it was kind of reinforced back to me in the right way. And uh, my son is really into wrestling. Don't judge me for that. Uh, and so he's got all these little action figures. And he, uh, he let one of his good friends borrow one of them. It's like it was my son's favorite. It's his friend's favorite. He let him borrow it for a week or whatever. And then he brings it back. His friend brings it back a week later. And he's had a great time with it. It's obvious. The leg is missing. The arm's bent the wrong way. And I totally, you know, I had some initial frustration. I was ready to say something like, gosh, how did this happen? And my son's like, Dad, he loved it. He had so much fun with it. And I feel like my wow. son looked right past the brokenness of it and was able to just enjoy that his friend had fun with it. And I'm like, people are more important than things. Wow. That's certainly true for... Um for Jesus, he laid down his life for us, right? And it was uh, because we needed it. Yeah, that's a powerful story, Matt. What about you, as you think about your little ones, how do you convey yeah. generosity? Yeah, so my oldest is seven, and so we're not, we're not doing a lot of this formally yet, yeah. uh, though we might. I mean, my wife, when she grew up, any money that she got, she had to tithe 
first 10%. And then save eighty percent, yeah. and wow. she had ten percent to spend. Wow. And so, uh, which obviously sets mindsets, you know, going yeah. forward. That have uh, actually served us fairly well. Uh, but point being, with my kids, um, we've tried to make it fun more than anything at this point. And so, we haven't got into percentage kind of stuff with them yeah. yet, yeah. as much as sharing. Uh, the, probably the place it most comes up is at times for gift giving, and even help helping them understand oh yeah, you really like this thing, but is that what your sibling likes or your yes. friend likes? And how do we get into their mind of what they want? And we've had some sweet times of finding gifts that other people love, uh, which has been the most fun side so far. You know, we've all talked about our wives. You know, when I think about it in our home, um, my kids are so blessed to have Yoli as a mom. Mm -hmm. She is like such a giver and has always challenged me in that area. Uh, she wants to give and then go over and above and give even more. But I think for me, it all comes down to modeling. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll never forget taking our oldest son to the bank uh, the first time uh, that he really started thinking about money. And uh, I took him to the bank intentionally so that I can pull out my, my gift to the church. Mm -hmm. And I wanted him to see that. And uh, I just simply said to him, son, I'm doing this because of my commitment and love for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, whenever there's an opportunity, if, if it's Thanksgiving boxes that we're giving away or shoe boxes for Christmas, uh, what I want more than anything else is to model. What I don't want to do is challenge my children to live a life that I'm not living. So if I can just model, it's great. But I will tell you, as the dad of a teenager now, <laughs> what's really sweet is as they get older, watching them challenge you. Like my 14-year-old, my, my there are times when, you know, I'll walk by an opportunity and she'll nudge me and say, Dad, don't miss that opportunity. We need to respond to that. So, yeah, it is sweet when you've instilled that in them young, there comes a day when they are spurring you on and encouraging you. Yeah. Um, what would you say, guys, to somebody who maybe is um, thinking about it but nervous about really living a generous life. Matt, I'll come to you. That's easy. Try it. I mean, mm -hmm. you don't have to make a, a forever commitment. I mean, I think one of the transformational moments for me was a 40 days of giving experiment I put together for myself. And I just said every day for the next 40 days, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to look for opportunities around me. And I still remember a number of those days today. But the point is, if I got to the end of the 40 and it wasn't working for me, I could have quit. Yeah. And so I would just encourage somebody, it doesn't hurt to try it. It doesn't hurt to experiment. Mm -hmm. You know, you can commit to a percentage for a chunk of time. You can commit to 40 days of listening and giving mm -hmm. or 10 days. But until you dip your toe in the water, uh, you won't yeah. know the joy it brings. That's good. Ben? No, I totally agree. Just just dipping your toe in the water and taking it incrementally if that's how people feel comfortable. I remember someone talking about giving at some point and saying it's not a, it's not a binary game. It's not like you give or you don't give. Give a little. Start. Uh, test it out. Be generous uh, in, in the space and the way that you can and, and trust that God's going to move through it and then watch what God does from there. And, and it just, there's, a, there's an element of snowball effect, right? You yeah. start small and then you watch God move. Yeah. And I, I don't think you've got to have budgeting or spending figured out before you start giving. I agree. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. But for some, that could also be a starting point. I mean, if you're liking giving, that can help you do more of it. Yeah. Uh, right? I mean, I think the... Uh, we tend to think of budgets as constraining, yeah. but as you sort of mentioned earlier, they actually bring a lot of freedom. Yeah, And totally I mean, right. I think of times where uh, 
you know, it's budgets have led to, hey, we're ahead on our budget, and so let's go out to a nice dinner tonight. Yeah. Like we have the money to do that and not worry about it. Yeah. Same thing can be forgiving for somebody else, but when you've got the freedom and you know what you can do, it helps a lot. Yeah, you know, we can't say the word budget too much or people will tune out. So yeah, I right. think we've hit our quota with that. But <laughs> we encourage people to, like Matt said, just try it, begin it. Um, you know, I think of two things, guys, is uh, number one, so often the profile in our mind when we think of the person who's afraid to be generous is the person who maybe is concerned that if I give this amount, it might put me in a place where I can't uh, pay a bill or meet a need for my family. That's certainly one end of the spectrum. But there are also a lot of people who aren't thinking about giving away an old car or $5 to a college student. They have large sums of resources and they've been blessed in uh, special ways, either through their innovation, stewardship, creativity. And their fear is, man, how do you give away a gift that has a lot of zeros after it? And I would just say this, generosity starts in the heart. So I would say pray first and foremost. Begin to pray that God would make you a generous person. You know, so often when we pray, we don't pray prayers about character. We pray prayers about situations mm -hmm. and circumstances. Pray for your own character that God would make you generous. But then I would say read anything written by Randy Alcorn. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we've mentioned his book a couple of times. But um, if you are really struggling uh, with giving um, maybe greater than you've ever given before, read The Treasure Principle. And uh, it will, I think, uh, if you go into it with a, with a sincere heart, it will touch your life and uh, and change your heart. Guys, we could talk about this forever. I just wanna say thanks. Thanks for encouraging us. And I wanna to say to our friends that it all starts with just taking that first step. And I believe God will meet you there. Today, he's inviting you to this great adventure, this wonderful life of living a life of generosity. I'm gonna ask uh, Ben if you could pray for us and our friends that are watching. Yeah, absolutely, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Uh, for this opportunity to just think about generosity and to process through what it means to be generous. And, and Lord, there's no question that when we think about generosity, we, we, we have to uh, flash back to the day when Jesus accepted the responsibility for our sin, uh, ex accepted the weight of our sin, and he bore it on the cross, Lord, the most generous act of all. And so, Lord, being mindful of that, being mindful of victory over sin and, uh, and, and the resurrection itself, Lord, uh, help us to in indeed be more generous, uh, knowing that as we are, uh, that you will work, you will move, uh, you will change lives, you will open doors. And so help us to trust that, help us to believe that, but then help us to go be beyond trust and belief and help us to move to action, to be a generous people, meeting physical needs, meeting societal needs, and as we do that, pointing people toward your son, Jesus. Lord, thanks for this conversation. We pray that you'd use it powerfully. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Well, friends, uh, I want to say thanks to Matt and to Ben. As always, we're going to have some resources for you in the postscript for this link. We're going to have resources that will help you to start thinking about generosity deeper and also towards that budgeting conversation that we've been talking about. All of it for you to experience God's financial peace so you can have financial freedom so that you can join him on the great adventure of generosity. Thanks for tuning in. Can't wait to see you on the next edition of The Link.